Welcome to another edition of Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Joining me in the studio today is John Paul Yerby, a classical guitarist and educator, also the newest president of the Utah Classical Guitar Society. And before his recent move west, John lived in Tallahassee, Florida, where he kayaked, fished, founded the Seven Hills Guitar Series, and earned his doctorate degree from Florida State University. And before that, he spent a couple of years studying with guitar virtuoso Elliot Fisk for his master's degree at the New England Conservatory in Boston. John Yerby also directs the guitar department at Salt Lake's Gifted Music School and is a professor at Utah Valley University in Orem. We'll start right off with some, some live music. This is a performance from a Hungarian guitarist and composer, Johann Kaspar Merz. This is On Malvina. Thank you. 
You're listening to music performed live by guitarist John Yerby here on Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. We just heard On Melvina, dedicated to a woman by the name of Melvina from Hungarian guitarist and composer Johann Kasper Mertz. John, you came by your love of guitar, sort of homegrown, it sounds like. Guitarists in your family. Tell me about them. That's true. Uh, my father plays guitar, and I grew up with uh, music in the household. He was playing guitar very frequently on the weekends and in the evenings when he got back from work. And um, he actually uh, got me a, a drum set when I was five. And uh, <laughs> You know parents <laughs> love their children if they let them play the drums. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, so I played the drums for a number of years, and but always saw Dad playing the guitar and wanted to do what he was doing. What, what style or what types of music did he play? Oh, um, I'd say country western and... and a uh, little bit of blues and rock and roll and folk music, that sort of thing. Uh, Merle Haggard from, you know, Credence and the Eagles and that sort of that sort of stuff. So how did you get from that to playing classical? Well, I... Did you even know what it was? I didn't, know, Not when I was that age. Um, I, I took lessons for, since I was 10 years old. I was fortunate enough to, to have that uh, at my disposal. And at, at one time with my um, electric guitar teacher... I, I kept asking him if we could learn something Spanish, and he didn't really know what I meant. I didn't know what I meant either. Um, <laughs> Carlos Santana, that's it. <laughs> right, exactly. And he said, yeah, we'll learn some Carlos Santana. And so I, I learned that stuff, and I thought, well, that's great. You know, I like that. But that's, that was, still wasn't – I had this sound in my, in my ear. I guess I had heard it in, I don't know, maybe a movie or mm. TV commercial or who knows where I heard it. But I knew what I wanted to learn, and I just didn't know what it was called. And so he said, well, maybe we'll, ch- we'll try this. And he bought out a – brought out a nylon string guitar and played a piece for me on it. And I said, yeah, that's, that's it. That's the sound I like. And from and that was pretty much the beginning of a, a long journey. And I haven't looked back since then. So you knew that early. That's what I want to do. Well, I knew I wanted to, yes, uh, become more familiar with that instrument. Uh, whether I knew at that age whether I wanted to do it for the rest of my life or not, um, I probably had an inkling, but uh, that came a, a couple years later when I decided to go to school for it. Well, good. We want to hear more music. I'll let you go ahead and get set up. Uh, This next piece we're going to hear is from uh, a classical guitarist from Paraguay, and he's best known for this piece we're going to hear. It was written in 1921, inspired by Bach. And this is considered the magnum opus of uh, Augustine Barrios. We'll be listening to all three movements of a piece called The Cathedral. starts with a preludio, then andante religioso, followed by Allegro Solemn.
Love to hear those tones ringing out. That's the cathedral. Three movements of that piece by Paraguayan classical guitarist and composer Agustin Barrios. You are tuned to Highway 89, a live performance program from the studios of BYU Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, today visiting with John Yerby, classical guitarist and educator and the president of the Utah Classical Guitar Society. John, a piece like you just played, is that in standard musical notation or tablature? How is that even notated for guitar? Um, that, well, I learned it from standard notation, but it's one of the more popular classical guitar pieces, so I, I'm sure that someone's entabulated it into tablature so that those that, that can't read music could could attempt to play it as well. But typically all of our classical guitar repertoire is in uh, standard notation. And you have to come up with your own fingering, which string for, for the particular notes? Is that w different with each artist who performs? Yes, it is. And, and each guitarist uh, has their own ideas and, and things that work for them comfortably and maybe not so much for others. But typically when you purchase a, a piece of sheet music like that, there will be some fingering suggested by the editor. Uh, whether you want to follow those exactly is up to you. And in some cases, there's only one way to finger it. So uh -huh. That's really astounding what you just performed for us. We're just casually sitting here listening to years of work <laughs> coming out. <laughs> That's <you>. wonderful. <laughs> now, there's a lot of people who play transcriptions from music from Bach and others, but it was never written for guitar. Right, yes. And actually, as guitarists, we have a limited amount of repertoire. Uh, like the violin, it's been around for five, six hundred years. It's not like the classical guitar. Um, so we actually do often play transcriptions. Like I've played the the, the cello suites by J.S. Bach, not all of them, but I've selected some of them and played them, and Scarlatti sonatas for harpsichord, and, and all sorts of different music is can be adapted quite quite well for the guitar. So well, we do that quite a bit. I heard you do a little bit of that. Uh, it was either on your website or uh, on YouTube. I heard. I was quite impressed you were playing some Bach. Oh, right, yes. But what you're playing for us today are all pieces specifically written for classical guitar. They are. They're all music written by the composer for the guitar, um, which is uh, a unique thing, I think. Uh, we, all of our, our repertoire is limited yet, so in that, sometimes we get stuck playing all transcriptions, and then we lose sight of the pieces that were actually written for the instrument. Mm. So, the, Tell me about your guitar. Well, first I have to ask the question of all guitarists. How many guitars do you actually own Oh, uh, this week? This week, all <laughs> in all, let's see, um, I'd say six or so. Uh -huh. uh, I've got three classical guitars and uh, a steel string acoustic and a couple of electric guitars that I still have from, from my younger days when I was strictly playing electric guitar. But this instrument I'm currently playing was made by Stephen Connor, who is uh, out of Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, and my time there studying at New England Conservatory, I was lucky enough to meet him. He, uh, my instructor, my teacher Elliot at the time was playing guitars made by Steve Connor, and I just fell in love with the sound and the power and the projection. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I've got to get one of my hands on one of these. So I, I had him build me one, and I got to go to his shop and select the wood and, and pick out the pieces, and, wow. and he built it for me. Yeah. Well, I'll let you take your place and check your tuning. We're okay. going to hear another piece by that same composer, Augustine Barrios. This one, I, I looked up the piece, and these are just kind of amateur guitarists on the internet, and they're saying, man, that one kills my left hand, or this one says it's, it's so hard to do all the tremolos. So there's one thing to listen for. And noted guitarist John Williams, not the movie composer, but guitarist John Williams said about Barrio and his compositions, he just said, he's the best of the lot. So we listen to a piece called Ultimo Cancion from Agustin Barrios. Thank you. 
From composer Agustin Barrios, we just heard Ultimo Cancion, another name, a translation for that piece, Alms for God's Love, performed live by John Yerby here at Classical 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. John, that piece has a certain romance to it. I have to ask about the stereotype. Does the guitar help you get dates? I mean, is it more <laughs> effective than a bassoon, for instance? Uh, well, uh, it's funny you ask. In my experience, classical guitarists are the loneliest people you'll ever come across. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> well, no, no. I'm, I'm partially kidding, but um, maybe at one point in my life. <laughs> well, you put on your blog at one point, you talked about slow practice. Oh, yes. And I wonder, I, I think this is something you probably get on the soapbox and preach about, but talk oh, about yeah. the concept and, and why that works, how that helps a player develop. Right. Well, it, it's something that was uh, had a great impact on, on me as a, as a student. For a long time, I never understood the concept. And I was told time and time again by, by teachers, you know, you got to slow down, you got to play slow, you got to play slow. Um, and it wasn't until I was almost a doctoral student that it finally clicked. 
this the it's sort of like the zen of zen of practicing the playing something so incredibly slow that it might take 30 minutes to get through an entire piece but that's the that's really one of the only ways to build the the muscle memory necessary to to do something like that uh, effectively and, and accurately. And you say muscle memory, is that so that you're forgetting the notes and you're just playing, not worrying even about where your fingers are going? Well, actually, um, when, you, when you take away the tempo and you do something extremely slow, you have to rely on your, your conscious memory. You have to know the piece backwards and forwards. So you're taking the muscle memory component away and then you're re-engaging it by slowly increasing that tempo back to a performance speed. Uh, so it's it's a little bit of both. Wow. Yeah. Well, I do want to I, I, I want to hear one more piece here. Uh, be, actually, we have two more in two the more, program. Right? But this uh-huh. next one, while you're taking your place, I want to describe for our listeners uh, about this prop that you have. You know, you picture someone holding a guitar with the neck on the left and the body on the right. But uh, for classical guitar performance, the neck is tilted up a little higher, up shoulder height, so the hands right by your eyes. And then uh, John has kind of a, a, I guess, a prop, a thing that hooks on the guitar, sits on his left leg. I'll have to ask in the next break the exact name for that, but just so you can picture. We'll be listening to a piece from an Italian guitarist, Mauro Giuliani. He was born in 1781, started on the cello, but once he found the guitar, he focused there. So this is the Grand Overture from Giuliani.
Grand Overture from Italian composer Mauro Giuliani. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and you're listening to Highway 89. Guitar virtuoso Elliot Fisk has characterized John Yerby as, quote, a fine guitarist of taste and refinement, possessing one of the world's most beautiful natural guitar sounds, end quote. 
That's pretty high praise from someone that you worked with in your graduate studies at the New England Conservatory in Boston. How did that help working with a particular artist uh, sort of as a mentor in that process? Oh, well, working with, with Elliot was, was quite an experience in itself. He's, uh, I, I highly respect him as an artist and a, a musician, as a person. Uh, he really guided my musical perspective, so to speak, and, and outlook. And uh, so it was a very influential period in my life. And I have to ask, just because I said I would, what's the name of the prop, the thing hooked on the guitar? Oh, yeah, that, uh, that's a support. Uh, that one in particular is called an ergo play. Um, and, and many guitarists today are using some sort of contraption like that. There's many different varieties, and that's just the one that seemed to work for me the best. But what it does is it eliminates the use of the footstool, which is so common to classical guitar, but that, that, that requires you to have one foot raised up on a mm. small platform, so then it tilts your pelvis and your spinal cord, and, and there's potential for injuries uh, related to that, and Here's I just thought it uh, with, with yeah. one foot up on the stool. Right, right. I'd much rather just have both feet planted on the ground. And now you mentioned Stephen Connor, the guitar builder in Cape Cod. He's yes. he also built guitar for Mr. Fisk, Elliot Fisk, also for uh, one of the Spanish greats, the Angel Romero. Yes, indeed. Uh-huh. And so you mentioned choosing the wood and, and and the elements of the guitar. Is that mostly aesthetic, like I want it to look cool, or is it? Is it mostly sound, or is it both? It's it's both. It's definitely both. Um, I chose uh, Madagascar rosewood for the the back and sides, and that looks a little bit like Brazilian rosewood. Uh, has a similar density. Uh, the top of the guitar is what has the the biggest influence on the sound. And this particular guitar is a cedar top, mm-hmm. which uh, generally has a warmer sound and a faster response. Whereas a spruce top is a little on the brighter side and has a slower response. So let me ask you about classical guitar technique. I noticed there's no pick. Right. And you're not using your fingertips. You're plucking right. with uh-huh. your fingernails. Yes. Is I that actually hard using, to get used to? Uh, I, I guess at first it was, but that's been so long ago, I, I don't remember now. But So sometimes when I'm teaching, I'll, I'll use my left hand where there's no nails to try to get the feel for what it feels like to not play with nails. But... Um, yeah, I had to grow my nails, and so I've got uh, four out of the five fingers I use to play, um, all of them except the pinky. Uh-huh. Um, and nail care and shaping, that's a whole other story to go to with guitarists. <laughs> so but, so you know. when the, the neighbor says, can you help me move my fridge, do you have to think, wait, I've insured these fingernails. Do I dare do it? Do you well, have to be careful on it? I'm very careful. Things? I'm very careful. I try not to let, not to let it affect my, my day-to-day. I don't want to just sit at home and with my right hand in a, in a bag or something, you know? <laughs> But so and, I am very no careful. Decals. I see no decals on the. No decals, no, no sponsors yet. <laughs> That'd be great. We have a little Nike nail there. Exactly. On your, yeah. The one that shows for the camera there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's let you take your place. We were, we're going to hear one more piece from John Yerby, and he has to retune for this. Uh, there's a special tuning. Of different pieces require different tunings on the guitar. That's one of the, the beauties of the instrument. You can play certain chords, different keys. The piece we're going to hear is from. An artist, his name is Regino Sainz de la Massa, and we'll be listening to the Rodinia. And uh, there are lots of barred chords in this. Chords in this. This is a good workout for the left hand. But I want to tell you just a little bit about Sainz de la Massa. He was born 1896 in Madrid, Spanish classical guitarist, and he became a good friend of Andre Segovia. And so he was definitely part of the guitar world and maybe one of the pinnacles of his life. 1940, he played the premiere of Rodrigo's Concierto de Oranjuez, which was for guitar 
and orchestra together. You may have heard that piece. If not, you ought to look it up. Not only did he play the premiere, it was dedicated to him, and he's the one who wrote this piece. We'll hear now from John Yerby. This is Rodenia.
That's Rondinia performed live by classical guitarist John Yerby. And that concludes another episode of Highway 89. John Paul Yerby is a classical guitarist and educator, the newest president of the Utah Classical Guitar Society, and founder and artistic director of the Seven Hills Guitar Series in Tallahassee, Florida. He's the director of the Gifted Music School in Salt Lake City and a professor at Utah Valley University. John, thank you so much for coming in today. Oh, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Classical guitar is such a big tradition in certain South American cities, parts of Europe. Is this a growing tradition here in the States? I would definitely say so. I think that it's 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 um, being implemented in education in the elementary, middle school, high school levels more and more, especially as we see uh, funding for for extracurricular arts and, and that sort of thing sort of go down. Uh, it's much cheaper to outfit a classroom of guitars. Um, than it is uh, violins, and not that we still need those, um, but it's definitely spreading around the country. And that's another thing I'm involved in currently is this uh, hybrid curriculum created by Consonus Music Institute, and we're going around in the charter schools and public schools and um, implementing this uh, hybrid curriculum, which which uses a website in addition to classroom instruction, so the kids can can learn in class and then they go home and and they, they learn from the website as well, and there's tutorials and videos and that sort of thing. So well, it sounds it's really like taken on. You're a big part of making this a growing American tradition. John, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You can learn more about John Paul Yerby and his latest projects, concerts, by visiting his website, which is simply his name, johnpaulyerby.com, J-O-N for John. Y-E-R-B-Y for your B. And we always welcome your comments and questions. To contact us, just send us an email at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89, a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite and our producer, Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thank you for listening.